Hello there. I, I want to take a moment to talk to you about Dear Dean Magazine from Dear Dean Publishing, my favorite subscription only monthly digital magazine. It's got subscriber generated content about politics, pop culture, travel, family, pets, and poetry and wellness articles and features, contributor articles from nationally recognized journalists, writers, and artists, and provides opportunities for novice writers and authors and other contributors to share their voice, talents, and words. Did I mention that it's completely free? Dear Dean Magazine provides free advert space for small creators, authors, and podcasters, fulfilling its vision that some art should always be free. It's owned and operated by Myron J. Clifton and is designed and distributed by Katya J. Lerner at Buzzword Consulting. Visit deardean.com slash subscribe to get signed up Love this podcast. Consider supporting this show. You decide how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Visit the link in the episode description to support now. Proudly presenting Camp Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania's first and only DIY punk rock summer camp. September 1st through 3rd in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Come camp with us for three nights of non-stop punk rock all weekend long, with over 40 bands and tons of activities. Tickets on sale now at camppunksylvania.com. That's camp, P-U-N-K-S-Y-L-V-A-N-I-A.com. See you there! that brought you the smash hit podcast your life the mixtape and headliners comes your life the mixtape magazine a free monthly digital magazine that focuses on music culture and social commentary on current news and events visit www.yourlifethemixtape.com to subscribe today you're listening to headliners the show featuring the best and brightest of music from all over the world. Please welcome your host, Greg Howard Jr. Their new album, Reality Bites, is available everywhere now. Please welcome Stephanie and Jody from Mise en Scene. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having us. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the new album. Well, as you said, it's called Reality Bites because sometimes it does. (laughs) Um, And it's a collection of actually like really different songs. It's funny, like they all make sense together. 
but they're all very different. Um, they all have a different kind of mentality, different point of view. Um, and it covers everything from, you know, grief and loss and falling in love and just fighting all the time with your partner to just like realizing how brutal it can be to grow up and have to pay bills and taxes. So it spans a quite, quite over lots of topics, I would say. So if you had to describe the album using only one word, what would that word be? Uh, for me, I would say, uh, genuine jody what would you say i would say i think cheeky <laughs> i like that cheeky yeah <laughs> uh, who is an artist that if they jumped into the zoom right now and said stephanie jody i need you to come on tour with me right this very minute who are we dropping everything for with Jody, I think we both know the answer to that question. Yeah, we uh, boy genius probably right now. I would say <laughs> nice. Unless you're going to say something else, Steph. Was that who you were? No, that's or exactly who I. That's exactly who I was. Say. <laughs> or Taylor Swift. <laughs> so, if you could change one thing about the music industry, what would it be? <laughs> How much time do we have? <laughs> um. Well, there's a lot of things, I think. Um, Jody, is there anything that comes to mind for you right off the bat? If I had to just choose one thing, I would keep it simple and just say make the music industry more artist friendly because it seems to be about everyone else in the industry all the time. And the artist is always the one who kind of always seems to get screwed over. So that's what I would say. Yeah, that's actually a really good one. Make it. And I think on that note, I would also I would say, like, make it just about the songs make it about the songs and the songwriting and less about like instagram and tiktok because and i feel viral. like yeah. what's that and being an influencer and going viral that kind of thing yeah yeah make it more about the art and less about everything else what is a venue that you'd give anything to play what's the dream venue jody Maybe Glastonbury or something like that. I'd say that's what comes to mind off the top of my head. Oh, that would be amazing. Glastonbury would actually be so cool. Yeah, I guess, you know, like a major stage at a major festival like Coachella, Blast Glastonbury would be, yeah, that would actually be incredible. I like that. I'm not, I'm not musically inclined in that way. I, but my dream has always been, I just want to bring somebody on stage at Glastonbury just to say that I did. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> uh, what do you think is your worst habit during the songwriting process? Um, I would say my worst habit would be maybe like not thinking about different chords. Like I feel like a lot of uh, it's funny. I feel like a lot of artists I've talked to about songwriting, they always kind of have their go-to chords that they just start off writing a song with. And so it ends up like they're all kind of the same chord progression. So I think like that's what I would push myself on in terms of the songwriting process. I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, hard on myself lyrically. I, I really push myself a lot. I go through edits and I really make sure that I'm always kind of going to like the meat of the, you know, of the emotion as much as I possibly can. So I feel like sometimes the the chord progressions that come secondary and maybe they should be more considered at times, I would say. 
but Jody, what about you for you when you're drumming? Like what's, what's your go-to bad habit? I would, I would say that we're very um, intuitive artists and songwriters. So a lot of the time uh, we kind of just go with our gut instinct and the first draft is the draft in terms of arrangement. And then another interesting thing about Steph and I is we always write with drums and guitar first. So because of that, um, sometimes we don't always consider the other instruments when we're working on our part. So I would say it's just, we're very intuitive and I think maybe we could take more of a step back or maybe that would ruin it. I don't know. But I think, yeah, just um, maybe focusing more on arrangement would be a good idea. I don't know. Describe your music using only colors and shapes. Um, I would say a hexagon. <laughs> a hexagon for a shape. And electric blue for a color. Oh, what do you think, Joe? I think it's like Harry Styles Patrick sweater that he's been wearing lately. I think that's kind of what, what ours is like, just tons of random colors and shapes all stitched together. And it kind of looks unfinished, but it looks very be like beautiful and unique. So that. Oh, I love that. Oh my God. I love that answer. Use that one instead. <laughs> I was so literal and Jody's like, no, Harry Styles patchwork sweater, crochet sweater. But it's true. I actually like would agree with you. Like, I think that is definitely what our stuff sounds like because it's, well, it's, yeah, there's a lot of different influences that come together with us because we have such different musical upbringings and the way that we create together, it does kind of become this like patchwork thing, but it makes sense together. Do you consider yourselves artists or entertainers? Artists, I think. Yeah. Cody? Oh, yes. Artists. Absolutely. The entertainer thing is can get a bit hard, but we're definitely artists. We actually started off um, as painters collaborating on big, big paintings together. So, yeah, first and foremost, the art and then entertaining is kind of something that you just have to do as an artist. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. We have fun on the on when we're performing and all that stuff. We love performing live. But I do think that at the end of the day, I know that for some people, they're like, if I'm not on a stage, like that's all I want to do is be on stage. Whereas I think for us, it's the art, it's creating. And that's that's what makes our heart beat. Tell me about the moments in your career that you're most proud of. Uh, for me, it's, you know, we've played some pretty amazing festivals. It's um, looking out and seeing the Eiffel Tower in the background of this like massive uh, Parisian festival where we played to like 20,000 people and our faces were on jumbotrons. So like remembering that, or when we were at um, Primavera Sound in Barcelona and we were overlooking the Mediterranean Sea as the sun was setting and, you know, just being covered in fog smoke and everyone just dancing and cheering and some of those big highlights like that in terms of performance and then um I would say also for me is getting when we were nominated for a songwriter of the year at the Western Canadian Music Awards and when we won rock artist of the year um those are pretty special moments because you're being you know acknowledged by your community and so that felt really great what about you Joe? Uh, all of those for sure but one that I will add is um, we got to perform with the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra uh, on Canada Day and the Symphony Orchestra arranged our music 
Um, and they, yeah, they played alongside us our own music. And that, that was super, super special because I grew up going to see the symphony a lot and I was a band kid and all of that. So that was really incredible to play alongside the Winnipeg Symphony Orchestra. What was the moment that uh, you decided you wanted to pursue music? Oh, that's really interesting. Jody and I have very different stories. Um, for me, um, really wanting to pursue it, I think, was when I, I met Jody. Like, I came to music a little bit later in life. Um, uh, like, when I was in university, I started writing my own songs and teaching myself how to sing and play guitar and started playing at open mic nights in Montreal. And um, it wasn't until I met Jody, like while I was in art school and while she was also in art school that, you know, we started, you know, we were painting together and doing art and stuff, but then we started making music together. And I was like, oh man, this is actually really good. <laughs> like our stuff together is really great. And, um, and then all of a sudden I just didn't want to go to art school anymore. <laughs> I'd wanted to make music instead. And I think, you know, meeting Jody is really what kind of sparked me into like, wow, this is actually something I think we could do. And when we, you know, took a pause on art school and just started to be focused on being a band, like things really started to take off. And so I think for me, that's when I kind of knew I'm like, wow, I can actually do this. And I've got like my best friend with me to do it with. So I think I was probably about 22 when that happened um but Jody you are you are you knew music you were on the musical path quite a bit younger yeah oh that's so nice um but yeah I I've been playing drums since I was eight years old and I grew up in a small town um where there wasn't much else to do so yeah I had known I started my high school band when I was 14 years old and I have pretty much known since then that music was something that I wanted to pursue but yeah, obviously when I met Steph, that's when I considered doing it professionally and seriously and leaving school. Uh, we actually got into a festival called North by Northeast and that's when we were like, we're dropping out of art school and we're going to really put all of our time and energy into this. So I would say, yeah, I, I started taking it seriously when I met Steph and we decided to pursue music together. So if you could go back to the moment that you decided to pursue music together, would you do anything differently? No, I don't know. So. No, like, don't get me wrong. There's been a lot of like, why did we work with this person? Why did we do this? Why did we do that? Um, you know, there would be so many like cautionary tales. I would tell somebody else like coming up into the music world, but I feel like everyone's path is in music is completely different. You know, even our closest friends in music, like we might all be at the same level, but we've gotten there through completely different opportunities um so no I, I i agree with jody there's nothing really there's no point in looking back and thinking about what you would change you know like it's a more about like staying present and like making sure that you're taking the right steps in the now so that you're happy with the future when are you most creative um oh that's a great question i feel like for me um I really ebb and flow when it comes to lyrics and um, you know, some people call it like input and output mode. Like I'm in input mode right now where I'm just kind of taking in the world around me right now. And I never really know how long those 
you know, how long that's going to go. Sometimes it's a couple months, sometimes it's longer. And, you know, I just don't feel inspired to like really sit down and bang out a song. But then when I'm in output mode, you know, when the cup is full, I would say the inspirational cup is full. I've like, you know, subconsciously been taking notes. I wrote the world around me in my life at, the, at that time. I get really focused on music and the outpour is, can be very intense at times. I can go through like really long periods of just writing songs like every single day. Um, so for me, it really is just, you know, the changing of the tides, like it's inertia, it's input output mode. Um, so yeah, I would say that right now I'm in input mode and I'm waiting to go into output mode. Like I've got stuff like brewing, I can feel it, but it's not ready to start writing yet. So for me, there's no, it's not like seven o'clock at night with a cup of coffee. It's not something like that for me. It's kind of like I'm on or I'm off. It seems like. But Jody, how are you with that? Uh, well, just to add to what you were saying a bit is you've spent a chunk of time at the BAM Center. So I think when you consciously set time aside and you set up the perfect kind of environment to get inspired, that's helpful. Uh, yeah. Sometimes having a bottle of wine is helpful. Um, and then sometimes you're in a more professional setting, like the recording studio, and you're there for that specific purpose with all of these um, tools and all the equipment that you can use. So I would just say it's, yeah, it's input output mode and also setting up the vibe in a space for you to, to create. Totally. Yeah, I agree. So if this, uh, if this podcast suddenly turned into like a tiny desk concert type thing, uh, what song from the new album are you opening with? Probably Reality Bites for me. <laughs> what do you think, Jody? I think that that's, that'd be a good one to open with, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, reality bites. What advice would you give to the next generation of artists? For me, it would be uh, focus on your craft. And um, there's a difference between a job and a hobby. And, you know, when you decide to make this more than a hobby, it becomes a job. So there's always going to be parts of it that you don't like doing. And that's just what comes with the territory. You can't only just like, I'm only just going to like have fun on stage and like write a song every now and then. Like you have to kind of have a little bit more structure than that. And, um, you know, if you want to develop a team, like, you know, you need to manage those people and they manage you and you manage them. And, you know, you have to be ready for those sides of it as well. It's not just like, you know, it's not just like whenever you feel like it <laughs> you have to <laughs> you have to be ready to actually like make it a job but you can't even get to that level unless you're taking your craft seriously so first and foremost for me it's 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 focusing on your songwriting get a, become a better songwriter every single day read write a lot uh try things out listen to different kinds of music and really push yourself Jody what's yours I would say um be authentic and stay true to your vision and who you are. Um, fades and trends come and go. And when you create something, especially when you have a team around you, you have to stand by it. And if you don't love what you've made, then you can feel really just disconnected from your work. So definitely stay true to yourself and your vision. And then also, I think this might've been Tony Berg, but I forget who it was. Someone along the way in our career once told us that the ones who make it are the ones who quit last. And so I, I think it's important that people persevere through the tough times because 
music is made up of the highest highs you've ever felt and the lowest lows. And often artists will love the being on stage and all that kind of stuff and the attention, but then inevitably you hit one of those low points and a lot of people quit around then. So persist and stay true to yourself and your vision. That uh, that reminds me, somebody once told me when when I first got started in 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 podcasting um, and I was actively going after after interviews, they said, don't take the nose personally. It's going to suck, but <laughs> don't take it personally. Yeah. And that's always oh, yeah. kind of been my. My mantra yes. in it's, everything. That's a good- it's good. And we learned that one in art school real fast. Um, <laughs> yeah. When you put your, your, there was something you've been working on for, you know, half a year up on the wall and everyone craps on it. It's, it's about kind of when someone has constructive criticism for you, I feel like if it hurts your feelings, then maybe it's true. And if, it, and you're allowed to disagree with, with criticism. So yeah, don't take no yeah. personally. Yeah, I totally agree. The no personally is because you're going to get a lot of no's and like, the no's affect your career in the same way that the yeses do, you know, like just because someone passes on you, that doesn't mean that like it's the end of the world. And like, what could have happened if they said yes or whatever, you can't really think about it like that. You have to think about who is believing in you and who is participating with you and who is like joining you on your adventure and trying to stay present in that moment and be like grateful for those who believe in what you're doing. And it's okay if people don't get it yet. And it's okay if people are like, no, like it's okay. (laughs) And like Jody said, you do need to have thick skin. You do have to be able to accept a no, because if you don't like, it's just, you know, honestly, and it's like in every world, like, you know, it's not just music where people say no all the time. (laughs) It's not just in like entertainment where people say no all the time. So just get used to it. And and like Jody said, I, I really believe that like if you if you if your feelings are hurt by like someone's critique of your work, then that means that there's something inside you that believes that as well and like isn't strong enough yet, whether it's like a lyric or vocal performance or whatever it is. So it just means that you need to work harder on it. Don't, you know, don't get upset that someone's noticing that or like, you know, exposing yourself a little bit. You should be challenging yourself, okay that upsets me. Why? Because I think it's true. Okay. Well, I need, that means I need to put more time into this or more time into that. And if someone criticizes you and you really believe in what you're doing, it won't bother you. Someone will be like, Oh, I don't like that. You're like, well, I don't care. (laughs) Cause I do, (laughs) So you know, and that's really where, when you become a really confident, when you're really confident in yourself and in your art and in your vision, criticisms don't bother you because you just, you're staying on your path. So if there were 25 hours in the day, what would you do with that extra hour? Jody, this is a good question for you. (laughs) Probably just sleep. It's the most boring answer ever, but I already (laughs) do so much that I would just sleep. (laughs) How about you, Steph? Um, Yeah, I think I would probably, if I'm not sleeping, which would be great, um, I would probably like, like to listen to more music or like do some more songwriting, like more playing around. Um, that's what I would do. I think it's really hard. Like life is so busy these days. It's crazy. And um, getting it back into those like little quiet moments. Like I think of that 25th hour that it's like, when you say there's another hour in the day, I'm not thinking that it's at like 9am. I'm thinking this extra hour is at like 
9 p.m. and it's quiet and everything is calm and you can do whatever you want. I can just imagine it like I could be meditating. I could be, you know, discovering more new music, writing and playing around on my guitar, just just to play around. Like even if nothing comes out, you know, like just to play, which I think is also really important, too, is to just sometimes just play around. Like you don't have to necessarily like put that pressure on yourself to be like, I have to sit down and I have to write a song. Just picking up the guitar is already is already doing the work, you know? So, yeah. I appreciate that you, you put that, that 9 PM context on it, because when I initially thought of using this question, I was like, in my head, I said, this extra hour falls between like seven and 10. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Cause when you say it, like you think it like it's at the end of the day, like you get an extra hour at the end of the day. You don't think about it as like, an extra lunch hour or something. Although that'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Two hours for lunch would be nice. Mm-hmm. What do you want people to take away from your music? Jody, why don't you start with this one? What do I want people to take away? I'm thinking about that one a little bit. I think for me, what I'd like people to take away um, is confidence in themselves. I think, you know, the way that our music, our our music can be really fun and really easygoing and really approachable, but there's a point of view and we're still saying something. We're always saying something in our songs. And I hope that like when people listen to it, that they like relate and not only that, but feel confident after like, yeah, like F this or, you know, or like, I feel that way too, or um, just helps give them like a more concrete sense of self. Um, You know, I feel like one of the reasons why I got into songwriting is because when I was a really moody teenager, you know, going through hormones, I didn't understand, you know, music was one of the things that I felt like really, like saved me in the sense like oh this person like if I can relate to this Simon and Garfunkel song and it's like really hitting me in the soul and it's really making me feel less alone then that means that like other people feel that way with this song and that also means that that person who wrote the song felt that way and that also means that means I'm not alone so music has that incredible power of like bringing people together and like strengthening like the listener and giving the listener like peace and peace of mind and yeah that confidence to like you know be who they are and to realize that they aren't alone in the world so I feel like that's that would be like the highest compliment if someone were to be like your music doesn't make makes me feel like I'm not alone then that would make me feel so good about what we're doing because that's what music does for me whenever I listen to it so for me that's I think what I would want people to take away from it that they can they're not alone and they can be confident in themselves. Yeah, I, that was a great answer, Steph. Um, one thing that I love when people take away from our music is I love when we're playing live somewhere and there's a group of young girls. Um, so I think just to inspire that next generation of young female artists has always been really special for us too, because you don't, well, now nowadays you see a lot more women playing rock music, but um, yeah it's hard sometimes finding that representation in that genre. So tell the folks listening at home and all over the world where they can get their hands on uh, reality bites. 
Well, you can find it on any of your DSP or so, uh, your streaming services. So you can find us on there. You can find us on the YouTube. We've got some awesome <laughs> videos. Um, and then if you want to get your hands on a vinyl or any merch like that, honestly, the easiest way for you to do that is to go to our Instagram and message us. <laughs> like we have a website, but I honestly, I actually kind of prefer the Instagram because it's way more fun to talk to people and be like, Hey, like, where are you so yeah, hit us up on Instagram if you want a vinyl or if you want merch or anything like that, or if you just want to say hi. Um, and then again, like I said, YouTube, Spotify, Apple music, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera. You can find us all, all over the world. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you both for uh, taking a little bit of time out of your day to talk to me about you and talk to me about your music. I have I have enjoyed this so very much. Yeah, we had a great time. Thank you. You've got such great questions. I really appreciate good questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Headliners. We'll be back next week with an all-new episode. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. For more information about the show, visit us at www.yourlifethemixtape.com. Headliners is a Spring Break 83 production in association with Rod Wharton Productions. All rights and trademarks reserved. <laughs>